welcome back to the square. Today we have a very special guest joining us here in the Snake Pit, Eden Town Supervisor and Democratic nominee for Erie County Clerk, Melissa Hartman. Melissa, welcome to the square. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So this was a, a pretty big race. I, I, it was a pretty big primary a few months back, I should say. And it's still a pretty big race. Um, talk to us first off. But how you feeling? How you doing? What's up? <laughs> it's it's a bill Sunday. You're, you're hanging with us. Yep. You know, what's what's going on? How, what, are, what are the what are the Melissa Hartman vibes? Uh, well, I'm exhausted if that, if I just want to be completely honest, um, but in a good way, it's, it's a good exhaustion. We're working really hard. Um, and, and of course that comes with being tired, but, um, I feel really good. I feel good about the race. I feel good about the bills, um, which is very important to me. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be everyone's year, including the bills. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to being the next County clerk in nine days. Nine well, days. I guess I won't be the county clerk in nine days, but I'll be the county clerk elect. Right. In nine days. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm gonna take and then I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> nine nine days for a, a race that feels like it's gone on for nine years. Yes. Um and I'm sure you're you're feeling it more than anybody here. Uh it just just the exact date of the election. That that'll be November eighth. Yeah, November eighth. But you can vote right now. Right. Yep. Early voting early is open voting. now. Yeah, That's early right. voting started yesterday. There were fifty eight hundred voters which is a record for early voting in Western New York, in Erie County. And uh, as of this morning at noon, there were 2,200 that already voted today. That's Those are big numbers. Yeah. Vote early, and as Jim might say, vote often. Often, yeah, you can't say that. That's my favorite joke, actually. <laughs> as somebody who used to work at the Board of Elections, vote all the time. <laughs> Make Jeremy and Ralph do their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> that's they, really funny. They have it too easy down there, I'd say. <laughs> So this race, this, I mean, we, we talked about it here on the show um, during the, the primary, uh, the Democratic primary, I should say. At one point, we were talking, like, this was a slugfest. These were two candidates who were, you know, pulling no punches. It was, it was mean, ugly, vicious. Uh, not to say you're mean, ugly, or vicious, but the campaign was. It felt like it was, it was pretty nasty. It seems like... And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's been relatively the, the tenor of the campaign has sort of changed since that Democratic primary. Um, has this been like a conscious effort on your part to sort of change the, the tone? I mean, again, Mickey Kearns is record, your opponent, uh, the Republican nominee, uh, who also hilariously ran <laughs> the Democratic primary and got his ass handed to him. Um, he obviously has a record in his time as the clerk of, you know, some xenophobic, uh, homophobic, transphobic behavior. And that was something that you, you hit on pretty hard during the primary. But the messaging seemed to shift it a bit uh, as we move into the general. Was that, a, was that a conscious decision or was it more you wanted to change the tenor of the campaign? I think it's just natural. Um, we spend the primary a lot explaining why he's not a Democrat. And, uh, un, you know, unfortunately for him, not being a Democrat you know, it makes him look pretty bad. So, um, yeah, he, he's anti-women, first of all. He's voted against the Women's Equality Act twice when he was in the Assembly. And, uh, you know, he's against marriage equality. He's uh, He voted to make abortion illegal. I mean, these are all really important issues to the Democratic Party. And so it really, our message hasn't changed. Um, you probably are just 
used to listening to the fact that, you know, he's really not aligned with the majority of what I feel are Erie County voters in general, regardless of what your party affiliation is. Um, you know, if you look at the statistics, you know, so many people, I think it's 74%, and I, I might be a couple percentage points off, are for the women's right to choose. Um, it's even higher for those that are for marriage equality and, and quality, you know, equality in general. Um, and so when you're actively and openly against those things, uh, you're going to hear a little bit more. Plus, in the primary, uh, we were a little closer to some of those issues being, especially the women's rights, being taken away from us. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't actually have said that it was nasty. It was honest. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes the truth hurts. And uh, so that's kind of how we looked at it. Those are still the same issues we're pushing. Um, it might look like we moderated a little bit, but really we haven't. Those are the same messages out there that we put out before. Um, but, you know, our message now is that, you know, I'm going to be the clerk for everybody, regardless, and I do this as my super in my supervisor position now, regardless of what your political party affiliation is, I'm still going to be here to help you. And uh, we want to offer the best customer service possible for the clerk's office. And in order to do that, you got to create equality across the board, access across the board, and you need to represent everybody, not just those that you feel are deserving. I think that you know, one of the things we saw in the primary and, and one of the reasons why I think things have changed a little bit is that we talked about we had Jeff Kelly from Investigative Post on after the primary and Mickey blew through all his money. I mean, he, and he, 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 he spent a ton of money uh, to get obliterated in the primary. And, and, you know, now you're seeing like, you know, he's, he's raised some money, but not as much as you would expect for somebody who's been in office for almost 20 years at various levels um, and who's an incumbent. And, you know, so you're seeing stuff like he's, he's, he's clearly spending county money advertising the clerk's office, but he's actually advertising himself. Correct. Because he can't raise money because people look at him and go, you're a loser now because you got obliterated in the, in the primary. If he had just set the primary out, which he probably should have done, but he didn't. And so now, it, like, you know, you, you see him, you know, misusing his office, um, which, I mean, isn't the first time he's done that in the various offices he's held. Um but I, I think that's why you see like a, a, a maybe a difference in the campaign is because yeah. you know not that you guys you guys haven't taken your foot off the gas at all, but he's had to because he doesn't have any money. Right. Yeah. So um, we were shocked at the amount of money he spent on the primary. He only did a commercial the weekend prior to election. We ran commercials for three to four weeks. I don't know the exact amount of time frame. We've definitely outraised him, um, and we've probably equaled his spending. And I, I think we're going to outspend them in the general would be my guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he is, it, it does appear he's using uh, county funds. Um, actually, we know he's using county funds to do a major uh, campaign ad for the clerk's office on billboards, on, uh, commercial, or on uh, radio commercials, and uh, on print. And, in fact, in the Challenger this weekend, we all have our political ads out. You know, we pay, we pay for those. Yeah. And he has a clerk's ad in there. Right below it, it says, please remember to vote. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I don't find that to be very ethical. I don't, I don't want my tax dollars to be spent on any political candidate, including myself. You know, that would be basically, I could I cannot imagine doing that as a town supervisor and taking a supervisor's line and <laughs> utilizing it to promote myself within my town, especially in an election year. Right. I mean, th I mean there are laws at this, at the state level preventing members of the assembly and the state senate and and uh, the governor's office and the other statewide offices from doing this very thing 
And mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, like, you know, we may have to talk to our friends in the county legislature. I'm like, I guess like we didn't think we'd have to actually codify this, mm-hmm. but we may have to because you've got the, you know, the clerk out here just wasting money saying like, yeah, I'm a good guy. First of all, you're not. We all know that, Mickey. <laughs> you're, 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 you're like a trash panda, except you're not like a fun raccoon trash panda. Right. I mean, it's like the Hatch Act police, though, Jim. You know, who's enforcing this stuff? Well, that's the thing is, like, like I said, we, it, it's going to have to be up to, like, the, the county legislature to enforce it. And actually, I would think, like, you know, you know if, to, if somebody brings us up to, to Chairwoman Baskin and says, hey, you should do this, it's like an, it's a home run for the majority in the legislature and for county executive polling cars to sign off on something like this because, I mean, say, hey, we want to make it so that people can't use campaign or, like, government funds to campaign – that seems like a pretty popular thing. Right, e- yeah. Like yeah. E- like even like the people in Marilla yeah. who want to join Genesee County are going <laughs> to be willing to support this. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's not something I've pursued. You know, it's it really needs to be taken up at the government level. Uh, it's just an observation of mine that we, you know, we've noticed I've had people come up to me and say, I just listened to a, you know, 30 second ad of Mickey Kearns saying Mickey Kearns loves veterans over and over and over again. Mm. Um, it seems pretty inappropriate, and I have to agree with that. It's it's definitely unethical, and any any elected official would, I, in my opinion, would feel the same way. Apparently, he does not. So, right. so but, you know, I, I want to backtrack just a little bit, not for what we've talked about, but like the general overall conversation. M- Mickey's got these radio commercials going out there saying that he loves veterans and I don't know, whatever. But like, you're you're running for county clerk. For our listeners, what the hell does the county clerk do? <laughs> Oh, we just sit there and look pretty all day. No, um, you know, it works for Chris Jacobs. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so we have uh, so many responsibilities. We're the, basically the administrative office of the county. Uh, the, I, I would say the thing that touches the most uh, people in Erie County is a DMV. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone needs their license or an ID. They need to register their cars and such. So that's probably the most, um, I you know, popular part of the DMV. I don't know how popular it is, but right. uh, most use. And then a pistol permit process, of mm-hmm. course. So anyone who needs a pistol permit, that process runs through the county clerk's office, which obviously has been uh, something that's been talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, real estate transaction, business licenses. So um, you've probably used the county clerk's office at least a few times in your lifetime, but mm-hmm. at least probably once in the last five years. So it's very customer service based, uh, the very process based, which is, you know, kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, I, you know, I have a background in administration. My, I have a master's degree in higher education administration. My last position before becoming supervisor in Eden was actually overseeing the processing department operations, essentially, at University at Buffalo, and I did all their undergraduate admissions, processing and application work. And, uh, you know, so so much so that I actually did the first project at UB to move UB to paperless. We started in the undergraduate application process. And I think I can transfer a lot of that to... The clerk's office. I know they have digitized a lot of their their processes, but I don't think enough. And I think we need to concentrate on that as well. Um, everybody wants to be quick, right? If you go somewhere, you don't want it to be long and painful and 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 confusing. So uh, I like to look at processes and figure out ways that work in a quick and le- in the least amount of confusion way. And I think there's a lot of areas in the clerk's office will be able to do that. So yeah. Did so, I even answer your question? I don't even know yeah. where I went. No, no, you did. It yeah. seemed very campaign-like all of a sudden at no, the end. No, <laughs> no, please. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, this is so. This is a obviously the qualifications are there. You're you're well qualified. But what made you want to jump in to this race in particular? Like, what what made you want to be the yeah, Erie County clerk? What, what what drives you to go from like you know uh, the the hard life of supervisor in Eden and try? And you're like you're like you know what? This isn't this isn't taxing enough. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, you're like, like I really, I really want to step it up. Yeah. Because it's not like you come from like some sort of political dynasty where like you, this is just in your blood and you've been running for office forever. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So first of all, um, I love to serve. Um, that's why I do it. Uh, and that's an honest answer. People ask me all the time, why did you start, how, you know, why did you get into supervisor? I really wanted to serve my community. That's the, that's the only answer. I didn't even know what a supervisor did. I didn't know who our supervisor was. I just knew that I had a calling to do more community service, and I thought that that was the best way to get involved. When I got into public service, I loved it. I mean, I always was in public service. I worked for a public university, and um, you know, I but th- I wanted to do more. And when I got into it, I loved it. I couldn't believe the amount of change you can do, how, how you can affect even the smallest thing. You know, maybe a senior calling me saying their garbage can's too big. Can we help them out? I mean, th- the closer you are to the people, which is really you know, town supervisor, town boards, uh, the more satisfying it probably feels. And um, I've really enjoyed that. And I, and, and, you know, one thing I noticed when I was a supervisor was the amount of regional government you can do and the effects that you have, not only for your own town, but for all of the towns surrounding you. And that was pretty powerful. I was involved in a lot of lobbying for Erie County in general. Um, you know, I start, I, I chaired the supervisors, Erie County Supervisors Forum for three years. That's basically all the supervisors of Erie County come together in a nonpartisan way to discuss, you know, issues within your town. How can we help each other? Mm-hmm. Uh, we did legislative initiatives every year that went up to the Association of Towns, um, hopefully to get lobbied for. And this is all pre-COVID, of course. And then... I was uh, past president of the Erie County Association of Governments. And again, that's all lobbying for Erie County uh, towns and cities and the county. Um, And now, and through all of those efforts, I've actually sat on the executive committee for the New York State Association of Towns. And I just recently was nominated to be in a vice president position. It's a big honor. Um, I've sat on the resolutions committee for Association of Towns as well. I have a passion to figure out ways in which we can work things out for people, but also make things better for all. And you can see that through my path of doing regional government. So obviously through all of those connections, uh, my name came up, I'm sure. Uh, what, what can we do? What can she do next? I have always uh, pretty much maintained that I would do two terms as supervisor. I wasn't really thinking past that because last year when they approached me about doing this, it was right after election. I still had two years in my term. Um, I originally said no. Um, because I watched some countywide races last year, and that looked horrible um, on a human standpoint. And well, the controller's race? No, that was great. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the controller, the sheriffs. I mean, running a countywide election is really no joke. And um, as I have a young family, and um, you know, I wanted to keep my sanity. But as we explored it a little bit further, you know, I have two things, two people that sit on my shoulder, you know, it's like that, that mm. cartoon, you know, if, and there's always one that wins. And if you don't do it, who's going to do it, especially since you, I know I do it for the right reasons. And so when I started looking into the clerk's office, what it does, how it's been run, talking to people who are, you know, uh, who are passionate about this position, I realized that the right person wasn't doing it. And my husband 
hates politics, hates what he's had to watch me go through as a town supervisor, um, is the one who actually said, how many people do you think they're asking? You need to do this because you do it for the right reason. So we're behind you. Let's go. And here that, I am. It's clear that sustains you, especially after all the, the stuff that's happened to you in, in the past yes. few Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. been... Yeah, I mean, a lot of that's been happening for a couple of years. And yep. so, um, you know, the I come, I come from Hamburg, which is not a small town, but mm-hmm. it felt small growing up. I grew up in the village. Um, Eden is a small town. And, you know, I have been very proud of what we've done, you know, over the last seven years. And so to go through, you know, what you go through to, you know, since I started, I've had to deal with some social media issues, I think mainly because I'm a woman. Um, and I think there's a lot of men out there who just have a hard time with it. Because I've yep. been attacked. Most of the people who have attacked me, almost every one of them, have been men. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't need to go into, the, you know, reasons of why that's happening. But, you know, we've pretty much dealt with that for seven years is in, in smaller terms, right? You know, that what's happening to my family now is insanity. And mm-hmm. I would never have thought this. But, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard for elected officials. I think it's really hard for women. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I know I'm talking to three men, but if, if you had this conversation with other elected women, I'm sure they'd be able to give you many, many stories of what they've had to go through. So, you know, I don't want this to be a power woman thing here, but I will tell you, I feel, I can see it, that what I'm doing at 100, or what my counterpart male, uh, will say Mickey is probably doing at what he considers 100% is 150 for me. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it's going to be until we break the through some more ceilings and make that a little bit more equal for our children. So that is another reason why I'm still, while I'm still doing it. And yes, my family, uh, you know, they've been through a lot and the fact that they've still stood behind me is, is pretty powerful. And it's been like that, I think throughout my seven years in government, including my third election. So that's great. That's yeah. great to have that support. I'm sure it's, it's crucial, right? Yeah. Oh that, yeah. I mean, there's foundation. been, da- there's been days <laughs> like my poor son, I think thought that the election was over. <laughs> at the primary right, and, right, and we yeah. had to explain to him like oh no, oh, no. Uh, like you know we're oh, halfway no. through I mean this yeah. is day I think we're on day 263 62 I mean we real, and that's for my active part we started actively campaigning in mid-February mm-hmm. and um it feels like a lifetime honestly I mean I when do you say the primary that seems like two years ago yeah. so yeah <laughs> yeah it's insane yeah. well now Melissa so you at one point I mean, obviously, you've come a long way in in your in your career in your political career. At one point during the primary, you know, it was brought up accurately. You were you were Republican at one point. You are now the Dem- you know you're obviously a died in the wool Democrat, and you're the Democratic nominee. Um, was there anything in your personal journey that you know made your your priorities changed or your outlook on political philosophies changed? Like what what brought you to the Democratic Party? Sure. In, in 2022? It's a fair question. It's been asked a lot. Um, and I get it. Like, But I, I cannot stress enough how non-political I was prior to just randomly running for supervisor. Um, so much so that I wasn't even 100% sure what my political party affiliation was. So um, we had to look that up. But I, you know, I'm pretty sure I probably registered as Republican because my parents were Republican. Um, and, you know, I just 
pretty much, you know, said, what are you? I, I wasn't involved. I, you know, I am a history major, so it sounds kind of bad, but that was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I already registered. And, uh, you know, I, I concentrated on graduating, starting my early career, starting a family. Um, I think my values have always lied on the Democratic side. Uh, I especially noticed that when I became a government official and those that I tended to um, work with and share similar ideas with. And, um, and let's just be honest, President Trump came in and uh, it was really hard to stomach. Um, I am a very outspoken anti-Trump person. I have been since before he was president, since before he even announced, even when they said he might run, I thought, oh, God, no, we'd never do something like that. I don't think this country would ever do that. Well, here we are, six years later or whatever we're at, and God, was I wrong. And, um, you know, I was very vocal. I said I did a Western New York um, uh, for Biden, a Republican, like through Western New York for Biden, but a Republican for Biden campaign effort. I have always been, um, you know, <laughs> just – He's ruined our country, and uh, you know I think he's he's allowed for extremism that is now personally affecting my family to happen. Uh, he's made being a bad person okay, and so it was quite obvious, you know, that I would not remain in the Republican Party. Um, you know, as soon as I won my second election, COVID hit literally. Um, I started my second term in January of 2020. Uh, we had, we, you know, by the end of February, early, early March, we started dealing with the pandemic. That's probably when I would have switched. It just became a very little priority for me. My pro- mm-hmm. priorities of, uh, immediately became keeping my community safe and getting them through that pandemic. And not only my community, but we worked very closely with the county, with all of the supervisors, uh, with Association of Towns in New York State, uh, with Chuck Schumer, I mean, I could go on and on, to make sure that the resources were coming to our towns. And, I mean, I did everything to learning how to drive an ambulance uh, with the off chance that everyone in uh, my my emergency squad might be affected because they were the ones going into these homes with people with COVID, um, to uh, doing blood drives, giving, you know, I'm a big blood donor myself, but doing blood drives to make sure that that's continuing we did, I have a lot of residents who are afraid to leave the town of Eden because they're senior. So we ended up have bringing in a 500 plus um, vaccination site to Eden, a drive through. They didn't even have to get out of their car. Um, you know, I did anything possible and we focused for uh, over a year on making sure that our community was safe. So good the political thing was just yep. not a priority. Good so, and, and this isn't like some kind yeah. of like purity yeah. test question, no, by the way. No, that's okay. I'd like no, to explain it. It's, no, because, and, and you know what? And I feel a little unfair in a way asking this because I am sure that none of the Republicans are, act, uh, are asking dipshit Mickey, like, are you a real Republican? <laughs> um, you know, they're just like, oh, okay, he wants to run as a Republican and win. Right. Got it. Right. He's, yeah. been, he's been on Tucker a couple of times. Yeah. Right. And, and, Couldn't um, be more Republican. And that is, well, that is a good point because, you know, he, he doesn't have to explain himself. Well, um, look, I mean, I, as somebody who used to be a Republican— up until like the Obama administration, I, I was a registered Republican, and I worked for Mickey prior to switching over, and I was a registered Republican. And at that time, I told him, "You are way more Republican than I've ever been." <laughs> and I, I worked for a Republican member of Congress. I worked for the Republicans in the county legislature. I worked for Ralph Moore at the Board of Elections, and Mickey was way more Republican than I had ever been in my entire life. And that was like fourteen, fifteen years ago. And he's only trailed further right since then. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so like, you know, and, and I get like, and if people are asking questions, like, look, it's, it's kind of like, like religious converts when you switch parties in this country, like the people who switch end up being like the strongest believers often more, more often than not. You know, it's like, like, Hey, I was raised Protestant, but like I married into the uh, Jewish faith and now I'm a Jew. And like, those are the only people who keep kosher while like their partner is like, my father's one of them. He is, he, he switched to Catholicism. He's the only one who still goes to church. (laughs) (laughs) So I get that. uh, My, 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 my mother was raised like, pseudo protestant not religious and converted to catholicism for to get married to my father so they get married at saint mary's in lancaster and like she works for the diocese and was teaching like sunday school and my father hasn't gone to mass since basically he was in like middle school (laughs) i'm sorry to my mom who i might have just outed who doesn't go to church so i apologize um but yeah you know um he, obviously he keeps the democratic line for political reasons. He's a, he's from South Buffalo right. and, um, and, and that it's sad that he can't just openly be who he is, but whatever. Um, he doesn't believe in that. So I think, um, you know, you really should, you should be honest. I mean, he spent $140,000 telling everybody that he is a lifelong Democrat. And now he's probably spending $140,000 telling everyone he's an independent and that he's just there for everybody. And it's not true. You know, mm-hmm. you can't vote the way that you vote. You can't stand for the things that you stand for and then claim that you are uh, not that. Right. So. It, uh, you, you, can't, you can't spend six figures in a Democratic primary saying that you're a lifelong Democrat while you're going out to, like, Kips in Wales and raising money from, like, those arch conservatives that, like, the Tim Howard, Stefan Mahalo conservatives. Right. Do you, do you want the guy who just pissed away, like, $100,000 in the Democratic primary going on Tucker Carlson and, like, losing, you know, like, 60-30 or 60-40, whatever it was, running the 65, DMV? 65 <laughs> Yeah, even worse. Like, do you want, do, do you think he knows how to manage stuff? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I saw the amount of money spent on that campaign for the primary and saw how bad he lost, I would have second thoughts about having him run anything, let alone the DMV and all your licenses. Right. Yeah. No, it's I mean, like and when he went on Tucker to like to hammer him on like, you know, his like xenophobia was basically like he was like, I'm not going to give black or brown people who I don't think were born in this country driver's licenses. That's basically what he went on Tucker to talk about the first time. It was like, like, and I don't need to prove that they're not American citizens. If I think that they probably aren't, I'm just not going to give them licenses. Was his like justification right? That was his see say see something say something that right. obviously he had to take down. But yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, and it's bringing politics in the office. But, and also, he's applying the law as he thinks it should be applied. Right. Not upholding the office and doing like the like the law that has been been passed and saying no, I don't think it's appropriate because I'm racist, so I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I mean, again, Tim Howard type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, and I mean, so let's talk about the actual like his his performance in the role of clerk because I think a lot of people feel like this race ended up being, you know, highly politicized and, you know, is is Mickey doing a good job at the county clerk level? My answer, first off, just based on the racism that he's injected into the job would be no. But the Buffalo News, and I have um, I have their endorsement of your opponent here, Melissa, in front of me, uh, they, they go to great lengths to say there are two 
We'll say it again. Two well-qualified candidates are running for Erie County clerk. Um, and their, their basis, pretty much the sole basis of their endorsement was for Mickey's advocacy for the zombie properties, uh, the task force that he has for, for housing. And so, you know, that, that was basically the thing that pushed Mickey over the edge for the fine folks at right. uh, the, the Buffalo News the, Editorial The board. zombie housing, housing thing he's been doing since he was a fucking member of the Common Council like 600 years ago and has barely gotten any... It has any, nothing to do with the clerk's office right. except it, for supplying some data. Yeah. Right. It has, it, it, it has nothing to do with the, the office he's currently in. It was much more appropriate when he was a Common Council member or an Assembly member to be trying to push for that to be a statewide or incentivized local program around it. He's still pushing it because it's the only thing he's got. It was the only time that people talk to him and, and don't and like and actually return his phone calls mm-hmm. because it's the only thing that people are like, yeah, this, this is a good program. But it's not the clerk's job to do that. Like this should have been passed off at a certain point. And for the Buffalo news to give an endorsement based off. like basically what they're saying is like, we don't care if he knows what the job is because he doesn't know what the job is. Yeah. We were really surprised. Well, I was personally surprised that we didn't get the endorsement. And if you ever, if you read the endorsement article, I had so many people reach out to me and say that was the most glowing non-endorsement I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, I, I really look at it as maybe the zombie program, but also I look at it as he's the incumbent. And as the incumbent, you are always going to get a one-up. Mm-hmm. And that's his one-up. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, in the Buffalo News, if you read the article, it basically endorses me as well. And they just had to put someone up on the headline. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, if, if we're smart, we'll use some of those quotes. They're good quotes. I mean, yeah. they're right. They're, you know, but I think they got the endorsement piece wrong. Yep. But I got something to say. There's a lot of people that they had those endorsements wrong. So I, yeah. I, I don't really put too much weight on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was just, it felt very strange for them to point to Mickey's, you know, stay in your home program as like the sole determining factor why they would mm-hmm. endorse him um because like you said jim it really is not related to his role as the county clerk like it's a nice thing that he's been doing for a long time right but it is separate from the core competency of county clerk um meanwhile you know melissa you as the edentown supervisor and your background with um you know supervisory and with planning like you qualifications wise before Mickey was the county clerk, like I promise you, Mickey was not qualified to be the county clerk. He he did not have any kind of. Yes, he was assembly member. Yes, he was a council member. Um, he was not somebody that I would point to with great executive there, function to oversee a large scale operation. There's no way. And I say this having worked for the man. Look, yeah, there, I, yeah, there's no way without help he could have filled out any forms at the clerk's office. <laughs> <laughs> so here, so here's like what I would say to that. Um, you know, a lot of people really don't understand what a supervisor does either, but we do everything, honestly. It can be anything from, you know, going outside and looking at someone's sidewalk that seems to be disrepaired to, you know, really like, does this tree need to be trimmed? All the way down to like, you know, we brought in school resource officers for our town. I mean, we, we've done some really big accomplishments um, that I'm very proud of. I don't always tout that, you know, like a lot of people say, you know, this would go, maybe go back to the commercial. Maybe I should have put a commercial out there about what an amazing supervisor I am and had Eden pay for it. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, the position, his, his claim is the position is very difficult. Well, you know, there is no school to be an elected official. You don't go to school to be the president. You know, I, I went to presidential school. That's what I'm going to be. I went to clerk school. That's what I'm going to be. <laughs> right. um, you know, you got to surround yourself with a good team and you got to learn the position. But the, what's best in my position is that when I work for a small town like Eden, I have to do all the work. I don't, you know, and I am, Brian Culp is a very good friend of mine, but we have the same job. But he doesn't have to, he doesn't do as much as I do on a date. I mean, he does a lot. I don't want to get, I don't want to get into that. And, and Randy and all, they do a lot of work, but I do like my own letters. You know, I, you know, I write my own stuff. You know, we, I, I, someone calls and say, I need your human resources director. You're speaking to her. Mm-hmm. You know, who's your planner? I'm on the phone. You know, these, mm-hmm. I don't have, we don't have the resources and we don't need it necessarily unless you, unless you get a supervisor and it doesn't want to do anything. But that every time I take on a role like that, I'm educating myself because I'm actually doing the job and learning uh, how to do it from the ground up. And I, I plan on doing that with the clerk's office. I, I'm not sure he did that. Um, and so that's probably why you're not seeing a lot of initiatives outside of a zombie piece mm-hmm. because he's comfortable in the zombie piece. He's what? probably not comfortable in the other parts of the, of the position. Um, and maybe he relies a little bit too heavily on other people. I, I'm not that type of girl, so I'm not going to be, I'm, that's not my role. Like I'm going to learn those positions from the ground up. And I was able to do that in every position I've ever done. Um, but I guarantee that's why he's holding on to that. Well, well, the other thing is because he hasn't done any initiatives as clerk. Right. Everything that's going on at, at the DMV or the clerk's office was brought in by Chris Jacobs or, and this is a name that uh, is going to probably sound strange to people they won't be familiar with, but Kathy Hochul when she was clerk. <laughs> Who's that again? Who's that? Or, I mean, I guess there's some stuff probably left over from like Swartz, but like even most of that's been phased out by, yeah, by now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, really, right, yeah. you're really looking at stuff that Hochul and Jacobs did while they were county clerk that uh, that's basically what all the procedures are and and Mickey's done nothing but like hire his friends and spend money to tell people that he won't give guns to uh you know I don't know non-residents right no licenses yeah yeah he'll give guns I think well yeah good right. yeah. Like, they can the licenses they, they can get guns they can't get driver's licenses Correct. like yeah. They, yeah if you if you want to get a handgun doesn't matter where you're from we can get you a handgun so fast mm-hmm. but if you want to drive legally no way. That's, right. That's, <laughs> that is a bridge too far. Right. That is a yeah. skyway too far for Mickey. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, you might be thinking, listener, you might be thinking, well, all right, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care who runs the DMV. I don't care who the clerk is. You know, I just want to be able to go to the DMV and not have it be a shit show, which I'm sorry. That's just how it is. But you might be thinking, like, how did this all get so politicized and the answer is mickey like mickey is the one that did this mickey is the one going on tucker carlson he's the one saying that he's you know not going to give black people and brown people that he finds suspicious licenses like he has brought this level of invective to a position that quite frankly it's an administrative one Mm -hmm. it's it's one that mostly you know even republican democrat throughout the years it's been largely uh you know depoliticized for the most part because again that administrative stuff, we just need somebody competent to do it who can oversee it. So not saying that, you know, Chris Jacobs was good, bad or whatever, but he was clearly a much different tone and tenor than Mickey Kearns. Um, and I think that has like severely impacted what we're seeing at the county level. Like that's dangerous. I'm sorry that what we're seeing out of Mickey now is very dangerous to have in a public administrator. That That's not a role like, look, county executive, Maybe, but even Mark Polencar's decidedly, for the most part, like, I don't want to say apolitical, but he's certainly less political. That's an executive role. The county clerk, 
I'm sorry. That's not the person that you want to have in like, in, like in the big, like a bigot in the county clerk. You don't want somebody who is literally giving out the licenses or the permits like that. That is dangerous to me. Right. It's 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 very reminiscent of basically what happened to the controller's office under Stefan Mahailu. And, and and Mickey is is friends and is, is tight with Mahailu. So it's not surprising that they've done the same thing. An office that was, you know, more, you know, can you execute? Can you do a good job? And you know, can you make sure you manage things and you don't waste money? Though, and that's basically what the position was. And the controller's office was always a little bit higher profile because if you are the other party from the county executive, you got to use that as a bully pulpit to attack the county executive. But it was still not as hyperpartisan. And Stefan is what really brought the hyperpartisanship into the controller's office and blooded over into the clerk's office with Mickey. Um, and you know, the Republicans, they love to do this. Like that's why they they love that Mickey hasn't switched parties and they didn't ask him to. Is because as far as they're concerned, they'd much rather try to sow chaos than to a- actually you know have him over as a Republican. And of course, last time they they. At a, at a large, at a countywide race, had somebody switch over from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. It was Joel Giamba, and oopsie daisy, did that not work out very well at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I think the voters, though, are rec- recognizing that now, and, and that's probably why you saw the Mahailu race that w- went the way it went. Well, he didn't actually. That's probably why you saw his predecessor or to be right. uh, race go the way that it went. Um, anyone that he supports. And then, of course, the Hoke and Mahailu race, um, I, you know, voters obviously were very uh, passionate about getting Randy in there for those reasons. You know, we have to be very um, observant of the type of elected official you have in regardless of what their role is. And you bring it up. You brought up two names, uh, Governor Hochul and Congressman Jacobs. They both were in the clerk's office and, you know, maybe, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm moving on to any of those positions, but I, I could. Mm-hmm. And so if we have the opportunity to vote someone who has these clearly uh, radical views out of office, we should do that at any level. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people always ask me, what does it matter? You know, kind of what you're talking about. You just want someone who's competent in this position. What does it matter? You know, what your political views are. And it does matter. And this is why it matters. A good example of that is because, if, if Kathy Hochul had been, you know, lost that election, wasn't county clerk, who's to say she would have went on to Congress? Who's to say she would have went on to be our governor? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure where Jacobs would be right now if he didn't, you know, move on to the clerk's office. Right. And he, and he, unfortunately, and fortunately, I mean, he's, he's kind of all over the place. He, he's made some really bad decisions in Congress, but then he's made some really good ones too, ish, at least maybe found a conscience. So... You know, we got to be we got to remember that. I think the voters are getting that. I think they're starting to see why it's important, no matter what the role is, that they these people should not be representing us anymore. Um, And I'm hope I'm hoping they come out and vote. That's the biggest that we have to get them out to vote. And God forbid, I mean, this ever ends up being a launching point for Mickey Kearns, you know, like if this ends up being like say he wins and then it's like, well, maybe we consider Mickey Kearns for Congress someday, you know, and again, like it sounds dopey, but. I think about like the current political climate that we're in and some of the candidates the Republican Party has put out, you know, throughout the country. And I think of, you know, your Marjorie Taylor Greens and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, I guess Mickey wouldn't look so crazy then, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, compared to some of those people. Um, for now. For now. For now. Right. But that, but that's just you're right, Melissa. I agree with you wholeheartedly that, hey, this is this could be the seed of something much worse. The guys willingly 
being openly racist, being, you know, just xenophobic and, and awful. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. Right. And, and we need to remember too, and I haven't heard it in a while, but when I first entered this race, you know, there was a big belief that his next goal was county executive the following year, which is not, you know, that race is next year. Right. Um, and so that, that I don't think that's a secret. I, I think that those were his plans and, you know, a, I don't think you should run for an office. You're not planning on completing the first term or that, you know, that those four year terms for, but B, the county executive does have power over how, you know, laws are, 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 are here and, and, and he is an executive and we, and we need to keep that in mind. I mean, it, it, it might be Congress, it might be the state, but it could be right here in Erie County that he moves on to where he has a little bit more control, um, and, and power. So, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and kind of to like that, that point, like, you know, I always bring up to people and when I worked in uh, elected offices, uh, I would always bring up to people who can like dismiss, um, town or village officials. I was like, you know, you have to be careful. Cause like, that's where those people come from. You know, like, you know, Governor Hochul came from, you know, Hamburg, Hamburg Long Tom, Avenue, Tom, same street as me. We right, grew up on the same right. street. But uh, you know, like, on the other side, you know, like, you know, Tom Reynolds, who, you know, is now a retired member of Congress, but at one point was one of the most powerful Republicans in the country, started off as, like, village clerk in Springville, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, so people start at low-level positions. Like, not everybody is, you know, uh, Chris Collins, who starts off as county executive because he's got millions of dollars to waste right. of, his, of his own money. Um, a lot of people start in smaller offices and find that the, they really do have a passion for serving the community or grifting if you're you know certain people <laughs> um and you know and so like yeah and like and yes i think that like you know mickey does look at this as a launching pad to something else and i just can't imagine like if he'd have to go through like the entire box of crayolas when he writes the budget as county executive or just like certain colors <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean the other thing is do you want the county clerk's office to be carl country any longer because hey the worst kept secret in erie county politics is that Carl Palladino has pretty much bankrolled Mickey Kearns throughout his political career. He is his, uh, you know, like the uh, Emperor Palpatine to, uh, you know, Mickey's uh, Anakin. Um, he's he's in his ear. He's pretty much been the one that has pushed him down this dark right wing path over the years. So, you know, the people of uh, the 23rd uh, Congressional District, uh, here in New York, did not want Carl Palladino to represent them in Congress. And I don't think the people of Erie County want Carl Palladino to have any say in how things get done, even on the administrative level, frankly. He, the guy got kicked off the school board. And like for this guy to be Mickey's number one fan, backer, you know, the whole shebang, uh, I don't want him around in the clerk's office. And I don't want that affiliated with anything on the county level. So, you know, I, get, get this guy the hell out of here. So, Melissa, the election, November 8th, what's, what's, the, what's the last minute push here? And I don't want to say last minute, but I mean, what's, what's the, 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 the days ahead? What's sure. next? Yeah. Um, for my schedule? Oh, my Lord. I only look at my uh, night before day for the next day. No. Um, you know, we're going to be out there and uh, talking to people, knocking on doors, canvassing, calling, uh, doing everything that we can. The biggest thing that needs to happen is we need to make sure everyone gets out and votes. And uh, I, feel, I feel very confident in our race if they do that. And people cannot sit this out. Uh, this is an important election. And every election going forward, we're going to say the same thing. Because we have seen what happens if we don't participate 
in our democracy and we have we could lose it mm-hmm. and i'm not saying this particular race is is gonna you know make or break democracy but i'll say it <laughs> a lot of people on a lot of people on the ballot right now could and so you need to get involved you need to be make sure that you are understanding who you're voting for and why you're voting you need to get out and vote and you can start doing that as early as today as early as yesterday um and 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 you can vote every day except for next monday mm-hmm. uh, is the only the seventh the seventh. This is the latest election day. It could be. Yeah, like, that's totally my luck. Um, I mean, really, this could not be any longer. The other thing I think I want to talk about real quick before we go is that the fact that there are no countywide elected women. Did we talk about this already? No, no. So there's five countywide elected positions, and uh, there's no women. They're all all men. So, um, and I will only be the fifth in the 200 years. For not just the clerk, but for right. countywide elected seats. I'll be the fifth woman only. And more than 50% of, of our population, I think it's 54% of our population are women. And the fact that there's not one woman at, at, that, at that table, you know, that needs a change. Yep. And um, I, I always like to just make sure people are aware of that because women play an important role in life in general, but at, at a decision table. So uh, keep that in mind. We can always bring a, a different perspective to yep. And we always bring that up because, you know, next year is also the common council races. And uh, also notably, out of the nine common council seats, zero women. Right. And I, and another thing I want to say is, you, you know, I'm a supervisor and there's, I think, three or four women right now. And um, probably after this next year, there there's a potential to be none again. And, um, you know, I, I encourage women to get involved. It's tough. Like, you know, I sat here in the beginning to tell you how tough it is on a woman politician. It takes a backbone and you're going to have to take some sacrifices, but you can, I'm here to say you can do it and it's rewarding. And, um, you know, it's, and, and there's going to be a lot of support there for you. I will always support any woman, uh, in, in any way, shape or form, but especially those that, that, that jump into races and put their, their lives aside basically for public service. Um, you know, so get involved and start paying attention. And if it's something that you're passionate about, really come talk to me and we'll get you involved and, and we'll get you into a position um, or thinking about a position that you can run for because they're running out. And you know, I think we're going to go through some phases, but it's been a rough, a rough, uh, a rough year, a rough few years for women. And mm-hmm. I, I know we could talk about hours about why that is. And I hope that the situation that has happened to my family and, and our personal lives are not going to ever discourage, but hopefully encourage people because I stayed in the race so that lunatics out there that do the things that they do, uh, don't feel empowered to do it and that they're, they're going to affect an outcome because I wasn't going to let that happen. And I don't want people to feel like they can't run because that might happen to them. It's unusual, A, but B, you'll have supporters and people will have your back. Well said. Melissa, if, um, if our listeners want to find uh, more about your campaign or just find you on the internet, where mm-hmm. can they go? So we have social media, uh, obviously, Elect Melissa Hartman. ElectMelissaHartman.com is our website. Um, all of the information is on there. I, I really encourage people to... Go on, look at our social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Like it, share it, get the message out. Uh, this is the time we need your help. We need your push. And um, any information they have on there, they can instant message us. We'll get right back to them if they want to sign or anything. We're running low, but we still have some. We'll get those out there. And then, again, um, I am like the type of person who is always available to the public. So if it's, if they're passionate enough, they want to speak to me, we'll, we'll make that happen as well. 
Awesome. Well, Melissa Hartman, thank you for joining us in the snake pit at the square and best of luck to you on November 8th. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, this was fun. Hope we can have you back uh, as uh, as clerk. Clerk elect for or sure. clerk. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so Thank much. You. Thank you.